Please remain standing as we read the Word of God together. You can open your Bibles to Psalm chapter 117, 117. It's not our text this morning. The text on the screen is correct, but this psalm will um, set up for us the text that we'll be in together. So Psalm chapter 117, we're going to read the entire chapter. Some of you are already there. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. For great is his steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. For your word is life to us. Your word is living and it's alive and it divides our hearts. It identifies our sin. And so this morning, Father, we give ourselves to you and ask that by your spirit you would use this word to transform our hearts to be more like Christ. I pray for Dad as he comes now to open the word and to proclaim it to us. Would you give him unction and clarity? Would you give him liberty to preach? I pray that you would hide him behind the cross and it wouldn't be Dad that I get to hear this morning. It would be the word of God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Good morning. A cool North Carolina morning. Actually, today is um, a a wonderful day. I've never uh, been able to preach in North Carolina, so this is a first. Um, And neither have I ever been able to preach for my son since this is his first pastorate and so uh, today is a great day the Lord has given us it's a joy to be with you Uh, we have visited here a couple of times um, uh, with we call him Matthew you pronounce his name wrong it's not Matt it's Matthew Uh, but that's okay we'll accept that Um, and so it's a joy to be with you thank you I love meeting my brothers and sisters in the Lord and so it's grateful, I'm just so grateful to the Lord to be able to share the Word of God with you today. Um, the last couple of weeks have been spectacular. Um, not so much that it was Christmas, although I love Christmas time, but uh, to be able to spend valuable quality time with my grandson. Uh, Desmond is dear to our hearts, and we get to see him very little. Um, And so it's been a joy to be able to spend time with him and play with him and wrestle with him and hear him call me Papa. Uh, It's something about that word, Papa. Uh, And so it's been a joy. But not only that, but to know that my son and my daughter-in-law were in Africa living out the gospel. That brings great joy to my heart. And so uh, these last couple of weeks have been unbelievable. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Joshua. Uh, And if you want to know more about your pastor, I know a little bit about him. I know a lot of his secrets (laughs) that you do not know. He's really afraid of bugs. Okay? So if you want to get him, just remember that. So let's, uh, I'm going to ask you to stand again uh, for the reading of the Word of God, Joshua chapter 14. I'm going to begin in verse 6. I'll be reading out of the ESV. I'm not sure what you're accustomed to. I I think uh, Matthew preaches out of the ESV, so maybe you're used to that. But Joshua 14, starting in verse 6, and this is the Word of the Lord. Then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal, And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenazite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God in Kadesh Barnea, concerning you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me, made the heart of the people melt, yet I wholly followed the Lord 
my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. Just as he said, these 45 years since the time that the Lord spake this word to Moses while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now, behold, I am this day 85 years old. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then for war, for going and coming. So now, give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day for you. You heard on that day how the Anakim were there with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I'll drive them out just as the Lord said. And then Joshua blessed him and gave him Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. Therefore, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. Now, the name of Hebron formerly was Kirith Arba. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim, and the land had rest from war. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful for this time to gather around the Word of God. And Lord, I pray that your Spirit and your Word would move among us today. That, Lord, you would, you would change hearts. That, Lord, you would, you would move us from where we are to where we need be. That, Lord, we would be found faithful to you, O Lord, because you are faithful to us. We love you, Lord, and we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The title of the message this morning is Being Faithful to God. One of my heroes in the Bible is a lady by the name of Anna. We actually know very little about Anna because we only have a couple of verses from Luke chapter 2 that tells us about this wonderful lady. In fact, she's an older lady. I'm very careful how I use those terms nowadays because you don't look at anyone and say you look old. But she was an old lady. <laughs> you can actually say she was an elder. <laughs> but she was a lady that I find in the scripture to be faithful. You see, shortly after she married, only seven years after she married, her husband died. And yet now in the scripture, in Luke chapter 2, she is serving faithfully in the temple night and day. The scripture says that Anna is in the temple fasting and praying and she gets to see the face of the Son of God. A lady who is faithful to the Lord. Can I ask you this morning as we examine where we are in 2018 did you ever dream of 2018 can you imagine but here is a year that's before us 2018 and I know you'll be discussing this in the weeks to come about the vision of Poplar Springs Baptist Church but I really want to focus in not so much on the congregation as I do the individual I want to ask you a question this morning how faithful are you to the Lord how faithful are you to the Lord? Because as we consider that subject this morning, we, we are looking at another guy that we know very little about. His name's Caleb, and yet he's another one of my heroes. 
Caleb's one of those guys who took the back seat in authority. Caleb's one of these guys who, as you know, in Numbers chapter 13 and 14, was chosen to be one of the spies, one of the 12 spies, one from each tribe, and and was sent out by Moses into the promised land, and he came back with a positive report. You do remember this guy named Caleb, right? He's one of these guys come back, and he was quick to speak up and say, the Lord be with us. We can overtake them, even though they are giants. (laughs) They're just grasshoppers in our sight. So he's one of these guys that, even though he came with a positive report, do you realize that Caleb took a back seat? I never really thought about this too much until I started studying about Caleb. And, and maybe that's why it really impressed upon my heart to study this text and to bring this message to you. That you see, whenever Moses was near death and God spoke to Moses and said, appoint a new leader, it wasn't Caleb that was appointed the new leader. It was the other spy, Joshua. In fact, we don't hear much more about Caleb whatsoever, except that for 45 years, Caleb served day and night, and Caleb was found faithful to the Lord. I mean, can you imagine wandering out in the middle of the wilderness as you're being led by a pillar of cloud by day and a fire of cloud by night? As God leads you and as the Israelites were out there following that cloud, can you imagine all the moaning and the groaning and all the complaining? They had to be somewhat Baptist, right? Right? I know it's 830, but y'all can. And and by the way, I love amens. In fact, you'll have to shut me down if you amen me too much. But But I find in this text that there is something repeated. Did you catch a phrase that's repeated in this text, not once, not twice, but three times this phrase is repeated in this text we read together. And it says this, that Caleb was wholly devoted unto the Lord. Here is a young man, I say young, 40 when he started out in the wilderness, and now he's 85. He's, he's aged a little bit. But he's found faithful to the Lord. Matthew read the text. Your pastor read a text from Psalms, which I think is the preface and the foundation even to the text we're reading this morning Because Psalms 117 is the shortest of the Psalms, but yet I believe one of the most powerful of the songs we have in the book of Psalms. And it speaks to all the nations and all the people of how we are to praise the Lord, that we are to worship Him, that we are to extol Him. All the peoples of all the earth. Why? Two reasons. And the psalmist says this, for great is his steadfast love to all peoples and great is his faithfulness toward us. You see, my brothers and sisters, the reason that we should examine our lives this morning and see whether or not we are faithful to God, it is for this reason, because God is faithful to us. He is a faithful God. He never changes. He is immutable. He is the same God yesterday as he is today, and he'll be the same God tomorrow. If we start examining and start researching and start studying the Scripture and we find out the faithfulness of God, it should cause us to stop this morning. Even though it's early on a Sunday morning, we should stop and ask ourselves this morning, am I faithful? To him. We live in a day where faithfulness is found in every measure concerning society and concerning our responsibilities on a day by day basis, whether it be work or whether it be pleasure or whether it be habits. And I'm not speaking against those. 
I'm not trying to browbeat anyone this morning, but I'm calling our attention back to where we should examine the great, the greatest of our faithfulness, and that is to the Lord. Are we faithful to Him on Sunday? Are we faithful to Him on Monday? And Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, are we faithful unto the Lord? The Bible speaks a lot about faith. The writer of Hebrews says, without faith it's impossible to please God. For he who believes that he is, is that God is a rewarder of him who diligently seeks him. And so, are you faithful to God? What is faithfulness, Pastor? What is faithfulness? Faithfulness is actually living out your faith. It's a day-by-day walk with the Lord. Being true to Him and being honest and transparent to the Lord. Well, I want us to dive into this text. Matthew told me I needed to be through by 9.30 to 9.40, and so... um, that doesn't mean a whole lot other than I've just got to quit, okay? And so, y'all bear with me. I want to share a little bit about Caleb and how does that apply? What does that look like as we look at the faithfulness of Caleb and how can that, how can that give us an image of our faithfulness on a day-by-day basis? And so, let's begin by looking in these first few verses about the profession of Caleb. He had a profession. Do you know you, you, you have a profession? You're professing daily. But the question is, are we professing faithfulness to the Lord? Well, notice that, of course, Caleb is of the tribe of Judah. And you'll remember the history of Numbers 13 and 14. And, and so immediately he begins with the profession of his faith. And, and we see the foundation to that profession when he makes this statement. Uh, to Joshua, he said, you know what the Lord said. And so the, the profession of Caleb was is that the foundation of his faith was in the word of God. You know what the Lord said. And so the word of God was, was first place in Caleb's life. He took high priority to the word of God. The word of God was so important to Caleb. He said, you remember, you know what the Lord said. He remembered the word of God. Well, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so here Caleb immediately says, you know what the Lord said. So not only was the word of God important in Caleb's life, but notice what else he says. He says, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God. So he had high respect for not only the word of God, but he had high respect for the man of God. Do you see that? He said, he said, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God. And so if we are living out our faith and being faithful on a daily basis, we see the foundation here will be the word of God, and it will also be the man of God. A high regard and a high respect to the holy word of God. So not only the word and the man, but notice he says, concerning you and me and so Caleb is saying listen the word of God has something to say about you and me Joshua do you know you're not an accident you're very unique and you're very special to God amen God made you just as you are your DNA is is very unique and unlike anyone else and so this morning as we examine Our faithfulness, I want you to see the foundation of his profession was the word of God and the man of God and how that word of God applied in his own life. Notice his profession. He said, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. Can you imagine that day whenever the Israelites came to that place and 
God told Moses to pick out a spy from each tribe, 12 tribes. So it was 12 men, and, and Caleb happened to be one of those from the tribe of Judah. And Moses said, go spy out the land. And they went and spied out the land. And you remember they brought back a report, and, 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 and Joshua and Caleb were the two with a positive report. Wow, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. And, and God before us, we can overtake them. I mean, what is this to God? And so you hear the report of of Joshua and Caleb and here Caleb expressing I remember that I remember how God chose me God used me can I say to you my brothers and sisters that God wants to use you God wants to use you just as he did Caleb and so he's reminding of how that day was when he was 40 years old, and a lot of folks don't think 40 is young uh, nowadays, and it's not. I'm way beyond that. And so we see that he, they went and they brought word back, and notice what the word was. As it was in my heart. Caleb had a heart for God, and he believed in God. And as he came back with this report, his profession was to all the people, not just to Moses. I want to remind you, the profession of Caleb in that day when he was 40 years old is that we have a great God. We have an awesome God. We have a faithful God to his covenant and his promises to us. And we can take this land. God has given us this land. Why should we be afraid of man? Man can do nothing. But with God, all things are possible. This was what was in the heart of Caleb. I want to ask you this morning, what's in your heart? What's in your heart? What frightens you today about tomorrow? What is it today that you're afraid of in tomorrow? See, I think that we find Caleb had his eyes on God and not on the circumstances or that peripheral vision of the things going on. Let me, let me just warn you that if you're not careful today, if, if you're not careful, we can allow the distractions to discourage us and depress us. We can allow those things going on, the circumstances going on around us to discourage us and cause us to lose faith. And that's why Paul was so, so adamant and, and it was so important when he said that we are to keep our eyes fixed upon the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. We are to forget those things that are behind us and strain forward to those things that are before us. Caleb had his eyes on the Lord. This was his heart. This was what was on his heart. But as much as we see the encouraging word, we have the buts, don't we? God gives us the buts. Notice what he said in verse 8. But my brothers, I, I, I wish and probably should have taken each one of these points to be a sermon in themselves because they are. You see, in his profession, it was not only of how much he loved God and loved the word of God and had a heart for God, he also had some brothers. That didn't. Are y'all with me? You see, he had, and he called them brothers. They were not his enemies. It was his family. He said, but my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. As much as there is an encouraging word coming from the mouth of a few today, there are discouraging words coming from the mouth of many. And, and, and so often, I'm not speaking of, of the world. I'm speaking about those in the family of God. Here we find Caleb, and he is, is so encouraging. He is saying, guys, God be with us. Who be against us? If God be for us, guys. And they were saying, no. We can't do this. 
They brought back a negative. His brothers brought back a negative report. It made the heart of the people melt. Let me ask you something. Do you think Caleb lost his love for his family? You think Caleb at this time when the report was brought back, his profession was, man, I love God, but this old family God's given me, I ain't going to have anything to do with him anymore? Never. Here we sense this language is, is that Caleb was saying, my brothers have brought back a negative report, but I still love them. They're still my family. And I know that to be true because he lived 40 years with them. Day by day and night by night, he lived 40 years with his brothers and sisters who was against him, who probably talked about him, who probably shared rumors about him. And he loved them. But he said, I have wholly followed the Lord. My God, that was his heart. He was faithful. Faithful in the good and faithful in the bad. Faithful with the few, faithful with the many. He was faithful in his profession. But number two, we see that not only we see his profession, but we see the promises of God lived out in his life. He said in verse 9, And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot is trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you wholly follow the Lord my God. So not only did Caleb say this about himself, now Moses is saying this about him. He's wholly followed the Lord. And he says, now the Lord has kept me alive for these 45 years. Since that time, the Lord spake this word to Moses while we walked in the wilderness. And now I'm 85 years old. So now he's an old man. By today's standards, he's an old man. He's 85 years old, but he has not forgotten the promises of God. And I'm, I'm going to be quick here, but I, here's the main theme of what I think this text is saying about the faithfulness of Caleb, and it's this. He was willing to hold on by faith to the promises of God even when it took 45 years to get them. Can I ask you a personal question this morning that I really don't want you to answer? How long will you wait on God? How long will you wait on the Lord and have faith knowing that God never lies, that God never changes, that God's promises, His covenant to His people will always come to be? Amen. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are far above our ways and His thoughts far higher than our thoughts. How long will you wait on the Lord. No wonder the psalmist said, wait on the Lord. Again, I say, wait on the Lord. We're a fast-paced people today, aren't we? We like everything fast now. I mean, our, the internet. Anything you look at, food, cars, sports, we want it fast. I wonder many times if that doesn't bleed over into our spiritual life. No wonder the Lord has called us to persevere. I think the two underlying currents that run through these couple of verses here would be patience and persevere. How long will we be patient and wait on the Lord and how Faithful, we endure and persevere the path that Lord's given us, even though we haven't tasted yet of that richness and the goodness. Remember, the promised land's waiting. Caleb has seen it. He's eaten the fruit. He's seen the evidence of the promised land of God. And now for 45 years most scholars believe 38 years from the time they spied it out until the time they crossed the Jordan. Now they've been five to seven years in conquest for the promised land. So now 45 years later, Caleb is saying, I remember the promises of God. 
And night and day, every day, I believed God and held on to the promises of God. If we're going to be faithful to the Lord, we must be willing to accept the fact that God answers in His time and in His way. Amen. So the promises of the Lord are seen, that patience and perseverance but then we come to the next point, if I use points. And so the third point being, we see the passion of Caleb. I love his passion. I'm, I'm kind of kind of analytical and passionate in my preaching. And I don't apologize for that. I know I'm different, and so that's okay. Verse 11, we see the passion of Caleb. Look what he says in verse 11. He said, I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me, and my strength now is my strength was then for war and going and for coming. So now give me this hill country. Give me this mountain. The King James says, give me this mountain which the Lord spoke on that day. And you heard how the Anakim were there and how they had fortified cities and how the Lord will, said he would be with me and he would drive them out as, as he had said. So we see, do you see the passion here of Caleb? You don't. He's 85 years old. And he's saying, Joshua, give me this mountain. I'm as strong today as I was when I was 40. I mean, he had a little spunk in him. <laughs> he had a little fire in his bones. And I want to say to the church today, the bride of Christ, there's nothing wrong with gaining intellect. There's nothing wrong with being grounded with knowledge and wisdom of God. But it must be balanced with passion. If we're going to be faithful for the Lord, we must know of his promises. We must understand his promises. We must hold on to the word of God. But it must be balanced with passion. Now, not all of us are going to shout. Not all of us are going to cry. Not all of us are going to raise our hands. Not all of us are going to go around singing, oh, how the Lord loves you and me. I, I understand that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about swinging off the chandeliers. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not trying to be charismatic, okay? But I'm saying this, that I believe in his heart, Caleb was expressing a passion for God. Caleb was saying, I believe in who God is and what God can do. And even though I'm 85 years old, I believe God can do with me at 85 what God could do with me while I was 40. Joshua, what you waiting on? Give me this mountain. There are giants on that mountain, but they don't mean anything to God. Do you have giants each day of your life? Anakim. These were the giants. And it so happened that the very mountain and hill country where the giants lived that the other ten negative spies came back and said, Oh, no, 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 we can't go over there. Those guys are huge. We're nothing in their sight. None but grasshoppers. Isn't it amazing that it's this very hill country and mountain that God said to Caleb, that's your mountain, boy. I wonder how many giants you and I have in our lives on a daily basis. Now, you see what's happened? I don't have time. I'm trying to go and finish up here, but there's a lot of application here, I believe, for me and for you. Because the Anakim, from the time that this land was given through Abraham and that journey through there, that these Anakims, these giants, had taken this land. The enemy had taken 
the mountain and the hill country that belong to God and his children. And the application in a spiritual sense here is what spiritual mountain, what spiritual hill country is it in your life that you have allowed the enemy to come in and take over that you have backed away from, that you have allowed to take place in your own personal life, maybe in your family, that it's time today in your life to be faithful to God and believe God and the power of God and say, God has given me this mountain. I'm not allowing the world or the devil or the enemy or anyone else to come in and take what God has given to me. I'm afraid today that there are too many marriages in the church today that the enemy has crept in unnoticed as he does many times and he has taken away the joy of the Lord in our marriages when that is a mountain that God has ordained and has given to us what God has joined together. Let not man put asunder. And today as God's children, we need to be found faithful to the Lord and say the Lord has given me this marriage and I'm not allowing the devil to take what God has given to me or the enemy to destroy. I'm taking my marriage today because God has ordained it and promised it to me. And that could be as well, the family, the home, your witness, your Bible study. Your, do you understand why I'm saying this could apply in many, many different ways? We see the passion of Caleb. And he says, I want this mountain today. Give me this mountain. I don't believe he was being arrogant. I don't believe he was being selfish. I just believe he was being transparent. As a child of God, he had passion. How passionate are you about the Lord? In the right way, how passionate are you about the Lord? How much in love with the Lord are you? No wonder when was asked of Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? No wonder he said, love the Lord. How much? With all thine heart, soul, mind, and strength, and the neighbor as thyself. No wonder there should be a passion for God. Well, now you... Understand how Psalms 117 that Matthew read to you that how that is the foundation for this text is that Caleb was familiar with praising the Lord and extolling the Lord, worshiping and honoring and glorifying the Lord because of his great steadfast love and because of his great faithfulness unto him. We used to sing this song and I'm not Sure, if you even have it in any of your hymn books here, but back home, we used to sing this song, and I love it. In fact, I told my wife, Tammy, that when I die, it would be one of the two songs that would be at my funeral. It better be at my funeral, and that would be, Great is His Faithfulness Unto Me. Great is His Faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Morning by morning is Thy Faithfulness unto me so we we've seen his profession we've seen the promise we've seen the passion of Caleb but now we see the possession wow <laughs> he gets it amen he he obtains what he's been waiting for it's like a thousand times better waiting for Christmas morning when you're a kid Y'all do remember, right? Okay. Okay. Just want to make sure you're not asleep on me. Well, notice what he said in verse 13. Then Joshua blessed him. That means he favored him. He wanted the best for him. And he gave him Hebron. Some Jews call it Hebron. So he gave him Hebron. To Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, 
for an inheritance. Therefore, Hebron, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. Now let me, let me close with some thoughts about this mountain, this community, this hill country called Hebron. Do you know why it was so important to Caleb? I want to give you a past, present, and future understanding of this hill country, Hebron, and why it was so important. It had such significance to Caleb. Past significance. This is why it's important. When Sarah, you remember Sarah, Abraham's wife? At a late age, she was an older lady when the Lord promised a seed through Sarah, whose name was Isaac. Sarah didn't live long after Isaac was born. Only 10 or 12 years did she live. And do you know where Sarah was buried? It was a, call, a cave called Machpelah, the hill country of Hebron. When Sarah died, she was buried in that cave. Not only when Sarah died, but when Abraham died, Abraham was buried in that cave at Hebron. Not only when Abraham and Sarah died were they buried there, but Isaac and his wife, when they died, they were buried there. Not only that, when Jacob died in Egypt, if you remember, he made his sons promise that they would bring his body back and they would bury him in the cave of Machpelah along with his wife. So see, the, pre the past significance of this hill country was Caleb not only knew that it was a hill country that God had promised to him, but it held strong family ties to the forefathers of our faith, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob and their wives. And so he knew this was vitally important. Is it an important place? Present day, he knew this was a, a hill for him, that God had given it to him, and he was to take it. And so he believed God, so it had present-day significance. But not only that, it had future day. Let me remind you of why it was so important that, that, that Caleb didn't even know about. Y'all remember a guy by the name of David? He was a shepherd boy. He was a son of Jesse. In fact, when Samuel, when God told Samuel, go anoint another king, Saul's lineage and time was over, and so go anoint another king. And Samuel, he just told him to go to the house of Jesse. Well, Jesse had a whole house full of boys. Y'all remember when he went there and he started interviewing and he started with the oldest and the, the biggest and the strongest, and he said, surely God's anointing on this one. And God said, nope, that's not him. And I'm paraphrasing, nope, that's not him. He went through all the boys. Samuel said, Jesse, you got any more boys? And Jesse said, yes, sir, my baby boy, David. Well, where's he at? Well, he's out in the field <laughs> keeping watch over the sheep. I love that story. And Samuel said, go fetch him. Because he is my anointed, the king of Israel. And so he brought him back. And you remember the life of David. And it was David's first seven years of reign as king of Judah. If you remember, he only reigned over the southern kingdom of Judah for the first seven years. It was actually in Hebron, this hill country, that was the capital of his reign for seven years. Now, I'm saying all of that, and I'm bringing it to a close to say this. You and I have no idea how important it is today for us to remain faithful to God. And the impact is not only of the past, the impact is not only of the present, but the impact is also of the future that we do not know about. 
that it is essential for you and I to live our lives today faithful to the Lord because it's not only going to impact the present day, but we have no idea of the significance of tomorrow and next week and next month for our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren pertaining to the gospel and the kingdom work of the Lord. So my plea to you this morning is this. Be found faithful to the Lord because He is faithful to you. When we look at the Gospel of Matthew and we find in that Mount Olivet Discourse Matthew 24 and 25, we find some parables. One of those parables are the parable parable of the talents. Do y'all remember that parable? Where it says the master had some money he wanted to give away. And he came to this servant of his and gave him five talents and, and said, Go and serve in the kingdom. Another he gave two, another he gave one. But there was a day of reckoning. Y'all do remember that. There was a day of accountability where the master came back and he said to the one he gave five talents, he said, what did you do with the five talents that I've given you? He said, sir, here are the five talents that you, that you gave me, but here, here's an additional five talents. Do you remember what the master said to this one he gave five and also likewise to the one he gave two this is what he said you have been faithful over a few things I'm going to make you a servant unto many enter ye into the joy of the Lord you've been faithful you've been faithful can you imagine I mean, this morning in the day of reckoning and accountability for the children of God, that would be the Bema seat judgment, the, the, the judgment of Christ where he will judge his Christians in heaven. And can you imagine that day where we will stand before the Lord and the Lord will say, you've been faithful. Enter ye into the joy of the Lord. Be faithful. Unto God. So the application for us today, as we've looked at this text and we apply it to our lives, maybe the first word of application would be, what is your profession? What is your witness? Is the witness of your life that you love the word of God and you are living your life according to the word of God that you love God and you love his word is that the word of your testimony your profession too do you know God's promises I'm not going to go through those but there's so many that applies to every one of us and Jesus shared many of those lo I'll be with you to the end of the age I'll never forsake you I'll never leave you what a promise that whatever we go through the Lord will be with us what about this one John 10 the good shepherd chapter I call it ye are sealed in my hands and no man can strip you from my hands but my father which is greater than I you are sealed into my father's hands and no one can strip you from my father's what a promise there are so many promises of God are you living out your faith believing and holding on to these promises what about your passion how does that apply this morning are you passionate about the Lord in your witness, in your Bible reading, in your study, 
in your serving the Lord, and then your inheritance. Are you getting to enjoy your inheritance? You see, as children of God, we've been adopted. And you know who we've inherited? Christ. Wow. Christ. In fact, Paul said in Ephesians that we are already seated in Christ in the heavenlies. That we have an inheritance. And the inheritance is far more than a hill country or a mountain. Our inheritance is Christ. The son of the living God. We're his and he is ours. That we abide in him and he abides in us. So therefore, be faithful. To the Lord. Because he is faithful to you. Would you bow as we pray? Heavenly Father, I am so grateful for this time to share the Word of God. And Lord, I pray that as I've, I've shared your Word, Lord, that I've been found faithful even in the preaching and teaching of your Word. And Lord, if there's one here this morning who's never come to faith in Christ, oh, I pray that you've changed their heart today, that you've resurrected them. You've raised them up, Lord, from their deadness and sin and trespasses. And Lord, they see the glory of Christ, maybe for the first time this morning, see the beauty of Christ, our Savior. And they see the depths of their sin, that only in Christ can they be forgiven and set free. That the slavery of sin is broken, the chains are broken, that in Christ we're free to be faithful. Oh, I pray that today your children, Lord, would be faithful to you because you're a faithful God to us. We love you and thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'll turn the service over to your pastor.